Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. And thank you once again for joining us on another edition of the Unity Talks podcast. I'm your host, David Cathy, and this is the podcast where we talk to leaders across Dallas-Fort Worth. Those leaders are typically in the fields of accounting, finance, tax, information technology, and human resources. We've actually hit all of those except for one, and we're going to tick that off today, and that is information technology with our guest, Jaime Rodriguez. Jaime, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here. Thank awesome. you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. So Jaime is a partner and the CTO, Chief Technology Officer of a company called CMIT Solutions of Dallas. So give us a quick little two-minute commercial on who is CMIT. Okay, so CMIT stands for Completely Managed IT. We're an outsourced IT services. We provide everything from internet access to cloud services to security services to small and medium business, anywhere from you know five employees to 100 employees. Five employees to 100 employees. And this has been going on for you for how long? Uh, uh, we've had our business for five years, but CMIT has been around for 20 years. It's actually home office in Austin, Texas. Awesome, awesome. And he said we've had our business because his wife is in the business with him. And we'll get to that towards the end of the podcast because it's a cool little story here. The way we're going to kick this off, though, is you have a fascinating story. And if I were to give three dots on a map, we would put a dot in Columbia up on the northern coast, kind of near Cartagena, mm -hmm. dot in New Jersey, mm -hmm. and then a dot in Dallas-Fort Worth where we are right now. And I want you to connect those dots. So what do those dots mean to you in those locations? Okay, so I was born in Colombia, in South America, uh, on the Caribbean. So I like kind of warm weather. Um, when I was four, my parents had moved to New Jersey. Uh, so that's where I was brought up. I lived there most of my life. Warm weather. Uh, <laughs> well, it was four seasons in New, in New Jersey. <laughs> um, and then uh, 13 years ago, uh, we moved here to Dallas. And uh, a couple of years afterwards, we started our, our business. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So tell us about your dad. So your dad, an electrician. Yes. Got a job in, uh, in New Jersey. What area of New Jersey here? I was in Bayonne, New Jersey, close to New York. Um, he was working as an electrician for a company called Bethlehem Steel. Uh, and they provided um, um, services for naval ships, basically. Okay. All right. And that's where you were born and raised and went through the public school system. Here's what's so cool. I was just teasing him about this a few minutes ago to see who his high school rival was. <laughs> And for those who have seen the movie Lean on Me with Morgan Freeman as the principal playing the role of Joe Carter, I've seen that movie probably three or four times. That was the rival high school, Eastside. Yes. You went to John F. Kennedy High School. Yes. I went to John F. Kennedy High School. Um, and uh, yeah, we were the knights. They were the ghosts. And um, uh, we competed over everything. And every Thanksgiving, we had a, a football game between the two schools. Yeah. Um, so yeah. We, so, so I remember we all know the story. Well, those of us who have watched the movie know the story about Lean on Me. Okay, tough area. Yeah, yeah. really tough area. Yeah. Your high high school being the rival high school was it a tough area or yeah, was it still a rough area? It was that, still that a rough, rough area. but still rough. Yes. Still a rough area. So, yeah. how was that? What did that teach you growing up? Uh, well, I guess um, since I was a, a 
immigrants from Colombia, initially is all I knew. Um, over time, um, because I started getting involved in some of the, the, the sports at the school, I met kids from other towns just through competing. I was bowling in the bowling team. And I met other kids from other schools, and from that I learned that, hey, there's a whole other world out there. Mm -hmm. And so early on I started to uh, um, set a goal to uh, find a way to you know, move to that suburb, mm -hmm. uh, achieve the, the American dream, yeah. the house, the picket fence. Yeah. And you wanted, to, you wanted to be in IT. Like you, you're telling me a story how, you know, even when you were in high school, maybe even junior high, like your goal was, I'm gonna be in information technology. Yeah, around uh, probably sixth or seventh grade, um, I really liked geometry and algebra. And we had a teacher that was uh, into programming at that point. And I said, yeah, I like this uh, logical thinking and figuring things out. And so I said, yeah, I'm gonna do IT. Yeah. And then and then we fast forward to college. Mm -hmm. You took your first programming class in college yeah. and decided, no, <laughs> I don't want to do That's this. I, I want to do. Yes. <laughs> I, I became I, I found as a people person. Right. And uh, back then programming was, you know, you sit at a desk and code. And that wasn't me. I was, you know, at the time, you know, going out a lot because uh, I met a bunch of people from the football team and, and college. And so I would make lots of friends and I don't want to be just looking at a screen all day. How, how did you land, so you graduated with a degree in psychology. Yes. How did you land on that? Well, when I decided I, to be, I don't want to be an, uh, a programmer, I had to find somewhere where I could take my credits and uh, something that was interesting. And at the time I had a lot of friends and uh, they all had a tendency to tell me their problems. So uh, I said, hey, and I had a friend that was in psychology. I said, yeah, I can do that. I could be a psychologist. I listened to their problems anyway, so I was going to get paid for it. So uh, I transferred to psychology, and that's where I eventually got my degree. So you were one of the few, oh, let's say early 20s, late teens, who actually listened to other people. Oh, I took a lot. I was taking a lot of, when I was in high school, I took a lot of self-help self -help courses. So yeah, there's a lot of things that I learned over time, right? Yeah. Somewhere along the way, I learned that you uh, will will achieve success faster if you learn from other people's mistakes. So I, I started taking a lot of cool. courses and watching other people. That's wise. That's wise advice. You know, they always say God gave us two ears and one mouth. So use it in that ratio. Yeah, I like that one. Yes. Yeah, that's really, really good. Okay, so so let's continue to fast forward. So you went to, so university, let's talk about the university mm -hmm. you went to because it was really close to the house, right? Yeah, it was a short drive. Um, I went to, at, the, at that time, it was the Montclair State College. Uh, today it's Montclair State University. Um, so yeah. And you were telling me that that was very much in the culture um, in, in South America and mm -hmm. Colombia that, you know, the sun stays. You live with the family for an extended period of time. It's yeah. not like, you know, like I walked across the stage in high school and my parents are like, hey, congratulations yeah, for graduating. <laughs> we'll see you later. Like, you're done. No, no, no. It's the opposite. You're supposed to stay home till you get married. And so that's part of the reason why I actually had and I, I did really well in high school and I had applied for several other colleges outside of the state, uh, different green states, and uh, Florida was one, and I actually had scholarships, uh, I had three scholarships, and I uh, wound up turning them down because, you know, at the end, you know, my parents wanted me to stay close to home. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so I spent, wound up spending a couple of years going to the local uh, community college because I didn't have a plan B at the time, and then I transferred to Montclair State. So, 
you've always been very resourceful and you got the degree in psychology and, and your first job you, you applied for, which was working with the state of New Jersey, but that took a long process and you somehow, if I recall correctly, you bluffed your way into an accounting position in, in New yeah, York yeah. City. Yeah, yeah. I was, I had taken a job in New York uh, at a company that they sold women's clothing through a catalog, what they did. And I initially started in customer service. And uh, they had an opening in accounting that paid more. So I interviewed for the position and I kind of exaggerated my knowledge of Lotus 123. And uh, they liked me, so they offered me the job. And this is like at the end of the week, like a Thursday. So I went out and bought myself a Lotus 123 manual <laughs> and read the thing over the weekend and taught myself Lotus 123. By Monday, I knew how to use it. So yeah. How long did you stay in that job? Oh, I stayed in that job two and a half years until did they, they ever did they ever know did they ever find out that you bluffed your way into this um they may have had some you know uh idea of it but they never you know they never mentioned it so yeah so your reviews were fine <laughs> everything were worked yeah, yeah, well yeah, we were, it, it was a it was a great time we were very close and we used to go out for happy hours on thursdays every two weeks so yeah well here's what's interesting for people who are coming out of college and, and you know we've talked about our listeners are a lot of them are uh, leaders but a lot of them are people who are working their way up in their career mm -hmm. and you got a psychology degree mm -hmm. you you ended up in a customer service job but got into accounting because it paid more quickly mm -hmm. this is all within the first couple of years of you yeah. graduating so yeah. it's not like you got an accounting degree so we're kind yeah. of changing things up here uh, but it didn't stop there. You continued to change because you ultimately landed back into IT, but not without another stop first, right. where you actually applied your degree of yeah. psychology. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so when I actually graduated from college, I figured I need to find something where I'm using my degree. So I had applied for, I wanted to apply for the Department of Social Security because I had a friend there, but there were no openings. So uh, there was an opening for Department of, um, of Probation. So I read the description and said, hey, you just have to make sure that the probationers complete whatever the court ordered and, and you need a social service degree. Okay, I can do that. So I applied, uh, there was a test, I was third on the list and that's why I wound up going to uh, New York for the time to get that to, until they called me. Mm -hmm. um, so about two and a half years later, they called me and they said, yeah, you're, you're up on the list, you wanted the, the position. And I said, yeah. So I came in for the interview and they said, yeah, we like you, we saw your resume, you look very good. You're so good, we're gonna put you in charge of the, in, in the, uh, the department for juveniles, uh, with drug and alcohol, drug and alcohol convictions. And uh, welcome, <laughs> and here's 100, 150 cases <laughs> for you to manage, so yeah. Oh my gosh, what a night, I mean, you're going from customer service to accounting, mm -hmm. right? to a probation officer for drug and alcohol convicted juveniles. Mm -hmm. Night and day difference. Night and day. What, yeah. what skills did you pick up then in that role that you feel like you still use today? Well, even then, I mean, I would come into the office and say, hey, why are we doing this this way? You know, we could just, you know, we could use like a spreadsheet instead of paper and I would write whole proposals saying hey let's try this um, and uh, as if you remember from yesterday a lot of times it would be yeah you can't do that because our contract for supplies is with this company and this company doesn't provide that material that you're trying to get or if we did buy that material it would be 
super expensive because everything is three to times the costs if you went out to buy it at the local Staples. So, so you went off of what your job description was. You went, you know, rogue. Let's call yeah. it like <laughs> this is your job description, Jaime. What are you doing? Like, all you're supposed to do is, you know, meet wow. these kids, <laughs> talk to these kids, you know, make sure they're compliant with what their court orders say. And you're writing proposals for supplies and wanting to understand why the why the state of New Jersey, not just a company but an entire state, is operating the way it is. Yeah. Why 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 do you do that? What is? Um, part of it is, um, I guess, from all my one was part of being an immigrant, and you always want to do better. Mm -hmm. um, and the other part is, um, I, I like to. Uh, improve things as much as possible. I always look for, um, well, look at this way. I, through all my self-help readings, I came across a book uh, on, um, it was actually on the Zodiac, right? It's called The Sun Signs. And in The Sun Signs, it's about Pisces. There's, there's a chapter where it says, okay, well, there's two different kinds of Pisces, men. There's the ones that are, are dreamers. They're painters, artists. They, they're just happy dreaming about life. And then there's a successful Pisces. And that one learns like a fisherman to tell when the ocean comes and goes, right? So in order to be successful as a Pisces man, you have to learn to fish, and mm. to, to tell the, you know, when the sun is coming up, when the ocean's coming back, and be prepared for that kind of thing. So I took that to heart. So throughout my whole life, I, would, I go through and say, okay, well, keep an eye up above, you know, the floor right here. Mm -hmm. and look to see what you could improve and you know how to make things better how to learn how to fish how to be successful and so i always look for that man that is yeah that's such good advice you know two things early on here that i that i really like is it took you a while um and there's more to the story right because mm -hmm. you're no you're no longer i mean we're here in dallas you have your own it firm so you're no longer in the role that we're currently talking mm -hmm. about and you had already been in three or four different roles by the time you were in this role. So it took you a while to find the path that you ultimately landed on. Yeah. And so it's okay, you know, if you don't come out, right? I, 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 I'm on a different path in my own career. You know, mm -hmm. I started out in finance and uh, had a short stint in accounting, realized neither one of those were for me, but still wanted to help people. And that was my ultimate role. Yeah. So I, I have a toe in the water, you did too. You had a couple and so that's really good the other one is you're always looking for ways you're using your history your upbringing um kind of a chip on the shoulder so to speak of being a first generation immigrant american that's here in the united states and using that to continually propel you and motivate you every day to find a better way for your family yeah that's so cool how you've methodically put this in place yeah, there's another, I mean, I, 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 I still listen to a lot of self-help courses and, and little pieces stick with me. Mm -hmm. So, for example, there, there's, there's one uh, course where they said, you know, as long as you have a, a good why, you know, a real solid why, and generally it's something where you're, 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 you're helping someone, you're, it's not about you, it's about that person over there. You have a good why. As long as you decide on what the why is, the how will come, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of what I've lived by too, where, you know, I've just said, yeah, I want to do that. And then it's just, well, how do I get there from here? And just find that out. And eventually you'll see the doors. You look for that gap, that opportunity will come. 
Yeah, so um, so that's like Simon Sinek, right? Start with why uh, and his book. And it's so easy to fall out of alignment with your career direction in your personal life. You want to be fit. You want to improve your diet. You want to be a better parent, better spouse, better leader, better coworker. And it's so easy to fall out of alignment because we have so many things thrown at us on a daily basis. But we have to have that North Star. Right. And that North Star is often our why. And if we continually stay true to that why, you know, the path will unfold in front of us. And and that's what you've been very successful at doing that. How long were you in the probation officer role? I was uh, two and a half years. Pretty shocking. I just I can't get over that. How you, you were telling me a story how you had to. Uh, what, what, like you, you could not be armed with anything, but you had to serve your own warrants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, because we were dealing with juveniles, you couldn't have any kind of weapons, not mace, nothing when I started. Um, so, but there's only two counties in New Jersey where the probation officers had to go execute their warrants. One was Passaic County where I was. And so, yeah, we would have to go arrest kids, which were generally bigger than I was. So we'd go in three cars, six officers to collect one kid. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was always, it was, it was scary because, you know, you, you, that's not something you trained for, right? And uh, the other thing is you want to make sure you don't hurt the, the probation, yeah. right? Yeah, I was just, it's, it's like both scary, um, exhilarating, yeah. and heartbreaking. All three of those almost at the same time, like, your, the emotional swings that you would go through, I would imagine, on a daily basis were just wild. Yeah, yeah and those days, yes. And then you, you help the other officers. So there'd be certain days where we all would chip in to go arrest someone's, you know, uh, probation uh, person that wasn't meeting the requirement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you had had enough. You'd eventually had enough, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go back to where I was in sixth and seventh grade. I liked <laughs> geometry. I liked algebra. I was good at it. I got to get back into IT. Yeah, basically what happened was that um, I wasn't being, I guess, I don't know if it was spiritually or emotionally fulfilled. It just wasn't, it didn't feel like I was making a difference, right? And um, it, it, part of it is that, you know, the state really doesn't provide the resources for the kids. Maybe one out of 100 will make it out of their situation. So, um, I mean, so I give props to people that do that because it takes a strong person to be able to handle that every day. But yeah, for me, I needed to do something more fulfilling. So I had a friend that at the time was building computers for small businesses. And I asked him, well, how did you learn to do what you do? So well, I went to the school, the Chubb Institute, New Jersey. And I went for six months and they saw, taught me, you know, IT, basic computer support, server support, mainframe support. And then after that, they helped me get a job. So I said, yeah, I can do that too. And that puts me back to where I, what I want to do. It's not programming. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so I signed up for that for six months. Well, it took me an extra couple of months because I was going to college at the same time. But, uh, yeah, I was working on my master's originally, and I wound up leaving that to fulfill the, uh, yeah. the IT course. It's funny. I don't know what your why was when you were in sixth or seventh grade doing geometry, but it's just – like trying to connect those dots. We connected the dots of Columbia to New Jersey to Dallas. Now collect, connecting these dots, you ended up back into IT, IT. Yeah. years later, you know, after 
customer service and school and accounting and you know and and I don't know what the why was but if that's you know somehow that North Star kept you there yeah I mean for me I always search for something that kept my brain learning right mm -hmm. and the, the great thing about IT is there are so many different areas that you can get bored with this and I just move to the different areas what I did once I got into IT well you know it's it's not it is it's so many different areas but IT is so good for you because you're always every couple of years looking to scratch that itch like okay I got to keep yeah. going my brain like you said it's it's getting kind of bored I got to find the next thing and not only are there so many different areas in IT when you talk about network and infrastructure and programming software development and things like that but the technologies that are coming out it's fast and furious I mean it's it's like uh, every other day there's a new technology that's coming out, it appears. And so you're constantly having to learn to stay on top of where things are. Yeah. And that really suits how we've established that you operate best. Yeah. So tell us about, tell us about your first IT job because you ended up, it was in the University of Medicine and Dentistry for New Jersey. Yes. You ended up in five, six different roles. Yeah, I started at the bottom. I started doing help desk. I came in as a consultant. And uh, what happened was basically I had a friend that worked there and he said, yeah, our IT people are outsourced to this other company. Go apply there. So I applied there and they liked me and they offered me the job and that's how I came to work at UMDNJ. Um, and then I started as a consultant and uh, after a while they decided they wanted to bring it in house. So they let the, I, the, the consulting firm go and they hired all of us as employees. Um, and then I slowly started working my way up. I became the manager for uh, the area. And uh, they, like most companies do, eventually they reorganize. And uh, had the opportunity to move to servers. And so I moved to servers. And back then there was Novell and Windows. I'm not gonna even remember Novell anymore, but yeah. they were a better product. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they're, just, they're just bad at marketing. All right, there's your hot sports they're, opinion. They're bad at marketing. <laughs> But anyway, so, so yeah, so I, at the time, Novell was the, the default for servers, and that's what I uh, achieved my certifications as. I was an engineer in that. And then Microsoft kind of pushed them aside, like, where do I go now? I don't want to go learn Windows. I already did servers. I have an opportunity to go to networking. So I went into networking and started on Cisco and got my certifications in the networking area. And... Um, I started to look at security, but again, that's, that's, that's a whole other path and that, that, was, that was possible. And then um, around that time, the Department of Radiology, that was very technology forward back then, they decided to bring in a firewall, Cisco firewall. And they went to the, the meeting of uh, the administrative heads and they said, well, who's going to manage the firewall? And no one wanted to touch it because it was just, you know, new, new technology, don't want to, you know, own it. And so I volunteered, I said, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. uh, it can't be that hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I said, great, you're it. We're gonna bring in a consultant. You're gonna install it with him. And you just need to know two things. This is the command to add a rule. This is the command to remove a rule. And that's it, that's all you do to manage it. Okay. So the Cisco engineer came, he showed me that, he left. And two weeks later, the Cisco firewall dies. So they, they call me on a Friday. I said, you have to come in. Great, I'll come in. And I call Cisco, and they say, it's a hardware error. Yeah, we're, we're sending you another one. It'll be there tomorrow, but you're going to have to reprogram it. Yeah, we didn't cover that. During, yeah, we didn't yeah. cover that during the Yeah, uh, and I didn't want to program to that. begin yes, with. So just <laughs> add rules, remove rules. But no. But okay, so you know, I pulled out the manual, 
And uh, I went through the process, had Cisco on the phone, and I reinstalled the firewall. And that's how I became security. I became the, the security expert for <laughs> UMDNJ. How? Why you? I mean, this is, how, how many years was this? Uh, into into uh, UMDNJ? Yeah. Uh, let's see, I was probably the help desk like four or five years, so maybe it was seven years in by then. Okay, so. I was there like a total of nine, nine, ten years. Total. Okay, so nine, ten years, well, we've got, you know, five or six jobs yeah. in nine or ten years. Jaime, how do you keep finding yourself in these new jobs? Like, what, what was it that just, it's almost like these jobs were finding you, and, and you yeah. just kept moving. Like, <laughs> why is that? I mean, I, I think like I mentioned before, I, I just look for the gap. I look for the thing that uh, is missing. And what I think will be very important for this organization in the next year or so. And I start to learn that. And I start, in my mind, preparing for that. Like, so for example, with the firewall, I, when I was, well, go back. When I started in IT desktop support, I knew I wanted to do servers. So then I was already asking for courses where I would learn server technology. So when I, when I had the opportunity, when it opened up, I was ready for that. Same thing happened when I went to, you know, uh, network on the, on, the, on the networking side or security side. It's something that I saw, hey, they're going to need this. How can I prepare for that? And then eventually the opportunity appears. And then you say, yeah, I have the certification to do that. I can do that for you. Mm -hmm. And it's there. But part of it is kind of the way I look at life. It's, um, it's kind of like I, I told you, it's somewhat religious, mm -hmm. where if in the Bible, there's a passage that says, um, God will never give you a challenge you're not ready for. So kind of the same way you learn to fish, you have to learn to look for that opportunity. Whenever something happens, something bad happens to you, there's always another door that's going to open. You just have to look for it and go through it, and you'll find your next challenge. It may be hard. I mean, you may fail at that, but you'll learn something, and another door will open. That's kind of what happens. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I just want to pause on that for a second here because what I've heard you say is you weren't necessarily looking for the gap in your career. You were looking for the gap in the company, yeah. uh, more of a servant. Because if, if I was looking for the gap in my career, which is also important, it's also important to look for the gap in your career so that you continue to get uh, the certifications, because yeah. you got all those certifications, right? And you continually have done that throughout your career. But what led you to those certifications was looking for the gap in the company from yeah. a servant standpoint. Like, I can make this better. There's going to be an issue. And that gap was maybe six months down the line yeah. or two years down the line. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to look that far out and you're trying to get ahead of it. And I just, I really think that's such an important point that it, it's it's from a servant standpoint that you were doing that. It wasn't, well, I wanna do this, I wanna do this, I wanna do this. It was, I can see where this company could be going. I can see efficiencies. I can see where technology is leading us. And even though the budget may not be there or it's not, again, I'm gonna go back to a job description. This isn't on my job description. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm working, let's call it 40 hours a week. I'm working 40 hours a week within my job description. So I'm putting in extra time to solve a problem that's not here yet. Yeah. 
And I just think, I think that's so important. And, and that's why these positions, as I stated earlier, they're finding you. Like you're, you know, you're finding them. They're fi- like these positions are finding you because you have uh, created value in an organization. And since you've created value in the organization, you've therefore become valuable mm-hmm. to the organization. And that's why you're getting tapped on the shoulder. That is such a, man, that's so important. That's really, really good. I appreciate that. Um, so, so let's continue to go. So you go through all this, you have all these certifications, mm-hmm. you end up leaving, you go to DTCC, Depository Trust Clearing Corporation. Um, yeah. and, and that's, that's there, but that's what also what led you down to Dallas. Yeah. What, what happened was, um, after I moved into security, they decided to develop an actual security team at UMDNJ, and they brought in an a information security officer. And so the department was him and me, right? So from him, I learned how to you know, write policies, um, develop programs, all the, the things necessary to, to be a CISO, basically. And CISO, CISO is? Certified Information Security Officer okay. for a company. And so when he, when he decided to leave, to go and he went to move to the, the compliance department, uh, I had a decision to make, right? I had an opportunity. So I called my friend that originally got me my first IT job. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, what would you do here? Because I could stay here and become the CISO, if not now, eventually. Or should I you know, find another opportunity? And he said, well, you know, you've spent all this time in the public sector. Uh, you need to go get a private sector job. That way that rounds out your, your, your career. Or it makes you more valuable because you've done both. I said, okay. So about two weeks later, I had a headhunter call me and she said, hey, I saw your resume, right where I posted it. And she said, hey, you know, what would you like to do next? And I said, well, I just came from this training in California because I went to do a pen test training. And I met a lot of auditors. I said, I'd like to try compliance and audit next. And she goes, okay, I'll give you a call. Two weeks later, she calls me back, hey, I have an opportunity for you in New York. It's like, great, I always wanted to work in New York. And she goes, well, go for, the, go for the interview and let me know what happens. So I went, they liked me, they made me an offer, and um, again, it was more than where it was. It was New York, because like, again, brings me back to New York. I always wanted to go back to New York. And um, the requirement was, was that I get another certification, which I could do that. So that's how I wound up at DTC. Yeah, and then you you transfer here to Dallas, and you're working. You had two options. Well, it could not, have been Florida. Not immediately. I was at DTC in New York for about five years. Uh, I started uh, as again a, as a just a uh, internal kind of compliance audit tech, and then I took on a, another project because again someone had to leave and they needed someone to fill it. So I'll take that challenge on. So I completed that, and then like I said, they had reorganizations reorganizations again. And um, um, my wife, but by this point I was married, we were having our first child, and my choice was either, okay, we want to be closer to family, it's either Florida or Texas. Texas is where my, my wife is originally from, and uh, Florida is closer to my family. It's an easier, mm-hmm. it's a short flight to, to Columbia. Um, and uh, in Florida, they had no open seats, so I put in for the transfer here, and that's how I went up in That's how you in landed Texas. here. That's so cool. So I, I'm going to put a bow on this area of your career because as, as we start wrapping up, we're, I want to get to CMIT, okay, mm-hmm. Solutions. 
Um, so I want to ask you a couple things there. So the boat, here's what I've learned from you, which is, which is so cool, is um, find the gaps in the company, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and solve those problems, even though it's not part of your current job. Become valuable. That, that makes you valuable to the company. And that's how positions will unfold and you'll be able to grow within an organization and outside of an organization. So if I am new in my career and starting my career and I want to work my way up, what, I'm, what I heard from that is find solutions. Mm-hmm. Like create value for the company and you will become valuable. Yeah. For a leader, that's for the employee. For a leader, what are they looking for in their employee? Well, one, they definitely want uh, people that provide solutions. Like I tell my employees, if you, you know, if you find a problem, it's okay to tell me about the problem, but give me a solution. Like don't just give me problems. Give me how can we solve it? Mm -hmm. Um, And I always try to build teams. I like them to be self-sufficient if possible and they have different skill sets that make the home, right? And I have them cross-trained. So that, that way, if someone, someone's out, someone can, the other person can fill in. But it's all about finding good people that can work with other team members, collaborate, and like to find solutions. Yeah, I like the like to find solutions part. It reminds me of that quote, it's actually in, in a, on the wall in our office, success leaves clues. Yeah. You know, and you wanna, hi- you wanna have a successful organization, you wanna have a successful department, and there are people that are helping you achieve that. And those people are the clues for that success. And, and those are the people that you want your, your new people to the department to emulate, right? Follow those clues and you will help us all achieve greater success. So I, I really like that. Okay, so let's, let's go to CMIT Solutions of Dallas. And just yeah. really quickly, let's do a quick hit. How so again, once again, you landed at that point in time in your career where you're like, man, I've kind of been doing this governance and audit thing. I really, you're not seeing the whole picture. You want to see, as they say, A to Z, soup to nuts, how the sausage is made. You want to be there for clients, still in that servant's mind frame. You go to a small business expo. What happens at the small business expo? Um, well, at that time, I, I looked at all kinds of different things because I had decided to go, I want to have my own business because. You know, that's one of the things I always wanted to do. It, it's, again, part of being an American is having your business at some point. So I said, let's, let's try that. So I looked at all, th- all kinds of things. I look at, you know, uh, phone repair, you know, uh, uh, office uh, supplies. I looked at um, anything, juice bars, you name it, I looked at it. And uh, the last table I saw was CMIT. Because CMIT is a franchise. Mm-hmm. And I went to them and said, okay, what do you guys do? Well, we do IT. I can do IT. So what else? Well, we 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 uh, we provide services to small and medium businesses, and basically we provide you know everything like I explained to you, soup to nuts. And I said, yeah, and it's it's a recurring income, right? Yeah, great. I, I was looking for that. I said, okay, uh, I can do that. Uh, give me more information. And I left, and they were closing the event, and I took my material and went home, and spoke to my wife. And said, hey we should do this and you're you're you have an mba so you can be the president and i'll be the technology side and she agreed <laughs> so here that. we are five years later i love that a successful company five years later i have one question for you on on that and that is the biggest difference between the big corporate america employee that you were and owning this small business um 
for me, it's, it's uh, the clients. It's about helping them achieve their vision, their um, mission statement on their business. Uh, we've been lucky to have a lot of nonprofits, and that makes it that much more rewarding. And so I love seeing that whole, the things that we do makes an impact for them, and they're able to do the, the special work that they do. And here's what I love about your background. You started with IT in sixth and seventh grade, and you went and did a couple of things, and you landed back in IT. And then you sought something else, went to a small business expo, were completely open to different things, and you landed back in IT. Yeah. And it was meant to be, and now you're in a service role, which you've been doing your entire career, and you're finding solutions for your customers, helping them run their business better. So. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. I think there's so much to be learned from the story of your career and the chip on your shoulder that you carry. That's what's propelling you. That's you're never you're never at rest. You know, you're never complacent. You're always looking to improve yourself and your customers. Yeah. And that is huge value. Thank you. Well, it's been an honor. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And for our audience. Thank you all so much for joining us. I absolutely love talking to Jaime here. His story is fantastic. There's so much more to it that we just didn't even have time to get into that we may have to have a second episode sometime to uncover all the other rocks that are underneath his story. And until next time, thank you for joining us. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.